I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it. You are very glad for TSA PreCheck. I am. It's a good thing, especially for transgender travelers. It is. We have had it a few times as not because we actually went and got the TSA PreCheck from the actual Transportation Services Administration, but because our plane tickets had it automatically applied as a random thing. And it has been good because then we don't have to get the pat down or the body scan or anything else. You just go through the metal detector. Right. I think although it's nice for everybody because you don't have to undress, you don't have to take out laptops and whatever, but it is nice not to go through the scanner and wonder what else they're going to do. When you have to go through the scanner and maybe they don't like the results of the scan. Yes, if they find more dense tissue in areas that they weren't expecting or bulges in places they weren't expecting or problems, then they pull you over for the pat down. And I know a lot of trans people have mentioned that they get pulled over for pat down more frequently than others. I used to get pulled over for a pat down more often or an extra scan, like they they have the little hand scanner wand. And I haven't lately. I did get stopped on the way back from picking up the boy after I went through the security check because my pant leg was folded up a little because my pants were long without my shoes on and they had to, you know, check my ankle. (laughs) So that was unusual. I'm like, okay, not my chest or my crotch this time. So that's great. Yes, that is good. Yeah. So that that is a positive thing. And even though we haven't had cause to go to get ourselves formally pre-approved, the times that we have had it as a random assignment from the airline has been a definite plus. Yeah, I'm happy when I see that. And since I have flown quite a bit lately, I'm happy when I see the pre-check because I know I'll go through a shorter line and there'll just be less hassle time-wise altogether. But the last time you were on a plane, you were there to go get the boy. Yes, I was. How did that go? It was really long. I was a bit aggravated because they were doing what I told them not to do, which is send him by himself for the first half of the trip. And once again, everything is easier as a man. Elaborate. Nobody asks you anything or scrutinizes you for anything. They just assume you know what you're doing and you should be doing whatever that thing is. Such as? It doesn't really matter. It could be walking down the corridor. Nobody looks at you. Like when you're a dyke and you're walking down the corridor, they look at you. If you're walking through a doorway, if you're going in a bathroom, if you're sitting down somewhere, if you're buying a bottle of water... No matter what you're doing, somebody is looking at you. That is a detriment of being a gender non-conforming person in a gender non-conforming presentation. People don't know what to do with you, and so they look a little longer. Right. The only scrutiny I got was when I was waiting for the boy to get off the plane, and they were first. The stewardess brought him off, and even though he said, Daddy, they need to see my ID because I'm some guy taking a kid. Mm-hmm. So, but it is also required for me to sign for him. You're signing for pickup of your human. And if you don't sign and pick him up, what do they do? Call you to pick him up? I'm, I'm not just wondering. Entirely certain. Call my wife and tell on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So it, it's just easy. It is, and when and he- being an introvert, I really like nobody looking at me. 
I bet. Yeah, it's great. So that's good that that went fairly easy. And then he came home and we put him to bed and we had a weekend and then we had to get him registered for school. And he was still kind of in that honeymoon period again. Like he was kind of on top of things for a day or two. I didn't tell him he was staying here until the next day. No, of course not. Because that night it was very, very late when you got here. Well, and I wasn't going to tell him while we were still traveling. Right. I I didn't know if he was going to get upset. And so I waited till Saturday morning to tell him right before he was going to have a friend come over and play so that he would then immediately be distracted and not carry on if it was a problem. But the unintended side effect of that was that he didn't really grasp that he wasn't going back. He kept saying, as soon as I go back or next week when I go back, like he understood that he wasn't going back, but he didn't really understand. I didn't hear him say anything about next week when I go back. I did hear him say things like when I go back. And I thought, you might go back at some point, And I'm not going to squash that hope for you because that's a nice feeling to have hope as we all know. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted him to have that feeling and there was no reason to take it away from him. He could at some point go back, whether it's for a visit or for the summer or when he's another year older. I have no idea what will happen. Mm -hmm. So It's possible. I, I, I won't deny the possibility, but I find it highly improbable. Nonetheless, he did sort of spend the whole weekend processing that. And then I had taken the forms into the kids club so that he could start kids club the morning that he started school. Did you take him to the kids club that morning or did you just wait until you took the registration forms in? No, since he was all cleared with the kids club, I did drop him off there. And then I had to do something. Probably an ambulance service run. I don't know, something. (laughs) And then I... Went back to the school when they were gonna, when the office was gonna be open to do anything I needed to do there. Uh huh. You know, they said, show my face on Monday. So I did. Cause I had gone Friday morning before I picked him up. Right. Yeah. So checked in with them and they all knew he was coming and they were all glad to see him and they had it all ironed out. So they were good. It's wonderful that there are people who are glad to see him. I mean, it sounds bad to say it that way, but. Well, it's very good that. They are glad to see him and that people are because he doesn't always make things easy. And I'm glad it's not a problem for him at every step or facet. That that is good. Well, while he was adjusting to getting back to school, a lot of other things were going on, which we've already talked about with... With your aunt and running the ambulance service. Yes. But unfortunately, as you said the other day, I run an ambulance service and you run a detention center. I do. I do. I would take the kids to school in the morning and for almost the first week they were okay. And the thing about this is he came back on what would have been his spring break in his other state, but we have spring break the week after. So he came back for one week of school and then spring break. He didn't seem to mind that too much because he was going to see friends. And I think the structure was helpful for all of us. I think so too. And then we do a thing on break. And I think we talked about this last summer where the kids earn their right to free time by doing academic workbooks, summer bridge books, things that help keep them from what is termed summer slide, where kids lose cognitive functioning or academic retention over break. Yes. And so 
We talked about this a few times during the course of the week that starting on Monday, if you want to go to the kids club, if you want to go anywhere to earn your chance to go somewhere, you're going to do these books. You're going to do your workbooks. You are going to do your workbooks. And he didn't like the idea, but he didn't give us a fuss yet. He he understood that that was what was going to happen. And I think he sort of was cognitively okay with it, but not emotionally okay with it because most of these are pretty reading intensive because that's what he needs help with. But it's hard because that's what he needs help with, that he wouldn't need help with it if it wasn't hard for him. And he doesn't want to do the hard thing. Nope. He was not made to do the hard thing for almost 10 weeks. No. He did do his reading there, but I don't know what that entailed, how that looked. Right. I was told he did reading. I would question what you were told. I know. (laughs) So, yeah, anytime he's been hit with a responsibility, and this wasn't just with these workbooks. It was before that, too. Like earlier in the week, if he was told to go use the bathroom, he would argue with you. And argue, and argue, and argue. And I had had a long talk with him a few days before about, okay, look, I'm trying to help you by sending you to the restroom. And when you can get to the toilet all on your own, every time by yourself without any problems, then you can decide when you're going. And until then, I have to help you. And so it's my job to say, it's time to go to the potty now. And it's your job to say, okay, or yes, sir, or Whatever else he chooses to affirmatively respond and accept the responsibility that you have assigned him. Yes. But he has not. He will argue and argue, which I think is indicative of the fact that he was allowed to argue and negotiate and get his way by being difficult for the last two months. I think that there's a likelihood of that. And I think that, you know, my experience of seeing him there was things were very easy for him because the natural flow of things there was along the lines of what he wanted to do anyway. I mean, the school started earlier, so he had more time after school. Mm -hmm. So he could hurry up and do homework and go out and play for a couple hours. Right. And there were kids outside. He didn't have to hunt them all down with calling everybody that he knew. Which, by the way, he has mentioned twice over the past week of spring break that When I go play with my friends, they all ditch me anyway. So I don't know if that means here or there, but he has worn out his welcome with a number of his friends, apparently. I don't know what to do about that. That's for sure. I'm busy making sure he doesn't wear out his welcome with me. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah. It's true. There are some points where I'm just... Last weekend, right before the spring break started and all the kids were home, I told you by the end of the weekend, I was out of my mind over how many things they could each of them do in a row that made no sense at all. None whatsoever. Do you have any examples that you haven't deleted that you can share with us? The the first one that comes to mind is, is the bad roommate story of the teenager. Oh, okay. Where he finally goes down to do his laundry, cuts in front of everybody, which his siblings were next, uh-huh. and then takes our wet clothes out of the washer and puts them in a basket. Uh And then, you know, at least he told me that, but he would have next gone down, taken our dry clothes out, shoved those somewhere and put his things in the dryer and left our wet clothes in the basket like a bad roommate, you know, but it was just one thing after another like that, Mm -hmm. you know, arguing about going to the toilet. Yep. I I really don't even remember. There were too many and I really had to delete them in order (laughs) to go to work on Monday and survive. Yes, you did. Mm -hmm. You did. Yeah. He'll come home and, and I'll remember. 
He will. Mm-hmm. And so the weekend after school let out before, you know, the week of spring break, the three kids were all here. And, and the big kid. And the big kid, yes. Number zero here also being yes. the observer. And you had mentioned the other day that you always like having her with you when you go to help with your mother or your aunt because you can give each other that look of, oh my gosh, is this really happening? Yes, I can. And I have found this to be very helpful with the small humans also because like, I, I can't handle your family, your elderly family, because they are just too much for me. But You want them to make sense, just like I want our children to make sense. And you seem to be able to get past that. You know that the children are not going to make sense. And I know that my relatives are not going to make sense. I expect the adults to make sense. I work with small humans all the time. I know how much sense they are capable of making. And I don't expect much. I, I don't expect 70-year-olds to make as much sense as the nine-going-on-three-year-old. But I, I know these people. You they're, do. They're not going to make sense. No, they aren't. Mm-mm. And so uh, it's it's great to have her around, although she gets exposed to some of this nonsense also. Like, she brought her cats with her, yes. moving from her old place to stay with us for a while, and they are named after Disney characters Scar yes. and Mufasa. yes. And number two child who part of the reason he struggles with reading is because he does have a sensory integration disorder. And so he doesn't hear things correctly. He doesn't feel things correctly. He doesn't taste or smell things correctly. It's just never going to be adequately processed to make words in his brain. No, I think we've given plenty of examples over time, but there will be more. There will be more. And another one is the way he says the cat's names. Yes. Which they were making a fort, number two and number three. Oh, geez. And the example of the gifted child's brain. The gifted child, (laughs) she likes to make forts and she takes out every blanket in the house. Fortunately, a bunch of them are still at grandma's from when grandma had too much company and hasn't sent them all back yet. Right. But she does. She takes out all the blankets and she likes to make forts and she was making a fort in the living room. And I always probably give this look when she's making a fort, like it, it probably is this almost roll your eyes dad look of. And when are you going to put those blankets back? Because uh-huh. I know they're just going to be all over the place. Uh-huh. And they said they were making the fort for the cats. Because we were letting, we were going to let the cats out. We had let them out. Bob is very excited. He, he loves the cats. Bob is a happy cat. Yes. He doesn't understand why they won't play with his toys, but he's happy. Yes. He's so happy, he can't stand himself. But, but anyhow. So she says... Or they both say, we're making these this fort for the cats. And I'm looking at them like, for the cats? Like, you think you're going to trap cats? You better not be thinking of trapping cats. And so these are both third grade cognition thinking. I don't have a complete understanding of how animal brain works. And I'm going to experiment with this activity. And mm-hmm. then, you know. See if we can lure cats into this fort. Also yes. known as a cat trap, I'm sure. But but a <laughs> then- gifted child is smart enough to know by the look on my face what's happening. So she says to me, we're making them a fort, but it's optional. <laughs> I'm like, optional. That's a good idea. It should be optional. Yes. So I left it at that. Mm-hmm. And then they were chasing cats around the house some more. Yes. And And we hear number two running through the house, Mill Salsa, Mill Salsa. (laughs) Yes. 
Cat has a new nickname. Is we tried to teach him. We, we usually do... T- moo. Moo. Fa. Fa. Sa. Sa. Mil salsa. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, and then he and then he's running through the house, and I can tell he's chasing a cat. So I might, I want that to stop. And I say, hey, no chasing. And he says, but can we let them in that door? And I say, what door? And he says, the downstairs attic. <laughs> I'm holding my head. By which he means the cupboard under the stairs, because we do have one of those. And yes. it is used just as a storage room. Fortunately, the under the house door, which they did get into in a couple of the other houses. Yes. Uh, once when it was in the teenager's room before he was a teenager. and then uh-huh. at the, other, the door I, to the crawl space. And he let them. I think he wanted to put them down there. <laughs> but fortunately, the current crawl space access is in Zero Child's room, which gets closed and yes. has a fortunate option of being locked since it was our office. Yes, Because then correct. we can lock it in case none of us is here when they get off the bus and they don't let cats out. Right. So... Yeah, he meant under the stairs, but what I was picturing is, no, you can't let them under the house. And then (laughs) this is one of my things where I'm like, and why would you want to let them under the house? And why are you asking me this? And this is one of my logic problems. This is one of those where you're expecting them to make sense and I just know better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I can't help myself. I'm sorry. You can't help yourself. I know there's other things you can't help yourself at. Like expecting your elderly relatives to make sense. My brain just says, no, why would you do that? And I tell my brain, because they're, my brain is still saying, but why would you do that? Why are you asking me that? Don't ask me that. (laughs) It's too late. It's true. Yeah. And so, you know, this kid who can't hear words correctly and can't pronounce them correctly, and as of his last set of test scores, was reading at a second month of second grade level. Okay, here's the thing. You just told me that yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. And last time I looked, which was not that long ago, he was reading at 1.7. So you said he's reading at 2.0, and you actually looked it up. Mm-hmm. And I was like doing a happy dance because... Because he's making progress. Whenever he makes progress like that, like that's a whole point three. That's a lot. Yeah, that is progress. And it's kind of great that he's staying on target with progress. He was in the 13th percentile on his last norm referenced test. And so if he can stay at that 10 to 15 percentile place and keep tracking up at the 10 to 15 percentile place and not fall more behind as his classmates are progressing, we are totally happy to see that much progress. Yes, because what we get in the meantime is arguments why he doesn't need to do his book. He's already smart and... He's re- he does fifth grade work in his class. And and all of these things, like he, he doesn't have the concept of what in fact is and that facts are checkable and that we can prove or disprove what he is saying by looking at facts. This is a common problem in 2017. People who don't realize you can fact check. Just saying. Yeah. Okay. Uh... We're, we're not raising a Cheeto Hitler. I refuse. 
No, but we are trying very hard. We have to keep trying very hard because without hard trying, there would be a small Cheeto Hitler in our house. Yeah. So this is what we do. And on spring break, I am the arbiter of what works and what doesn't while you are at work. And I am attempting to get this kid to do these worksheets and he can do 10 of them. And they're, if he just sits down and gets the work done. It takes him like 20 minutes. And that's a first grade book. Second grade. Oh, he moved to the second grade. He is book. on the second grade okay. book right now. Mm-hmm. And if he sits down and just does the work, it takes him 15 to 20 minutes, depending on how in-depth the work is and how much decoding as opposed to comprehension is required. Right. But so that's doesn't. if he sits right down and just gets the work done. If he doesn't, it could take until... What time did you finally... We got out of the house around 2.30 yesterday after he had started around 9. He made a really thorough effort to try not to do things yesterday. He really did. And this was the day when he's telling me, I work at a fifth grade level and I'm really smart and I don't need this. And I do all the same work that my classmates do. And I pointed out to him, you do the same work, but you don't earn the same number of points. If they are getting 80s and 90s and you are getting 30s, 40s, and 50s on this work, then you are not understanding as much of it as they are. And we need to help you with that. Right. And then he starts having this meltdown of how stupid he is And this, I was ready to pick up the phone and call his grandfather and throat punch him through the phone because he's saying, if I'm bad, will you send me away? Yeah. Yeah. Because he figured it out. He did. He figured out why he was here. Oh, yeah. Why they sent him back. So So you said he also needed a lot more cuddles and a lot more reassuring in between his meltdowns. He did. And he fell asleep for a nap on the couch next to me as I'm, you know, editing this week's episode, not with headphones in, but doing like the leveling and the things that I can do visually without having to turn my ears away from his attention. I'm thinking, I know you're talking about the next thing, but I'm thinking about the last thing still because that's how my brain works. Yes. I'm thinking, does he, hopefully he realizes there's no place to send him back to. So that's why we're keeping him here. That's like, he doesn't have to worry about that. And not in so many words that like nobody else will have you, but (laughs) in, in terms of. We are dedicated to keeping you here. We love you no matter what. We tell him that all the time. We will have you here no matter what you, when, when anybody else is having too much trouble, we are the ones that they ask for help. We are the ones who will always be here for you no matter what. And he looks at me and he just starts crying. Poor guy. And he's like, but you're so hard on me. Yeah. We want you to read the 10 pages for Christ's sake. (laughs) Come on, read them. If you just do this, you will get smarter and you will get done and then you will get time to play with your friends. And this is what happened last summer after doing this workbook all summer. He went up from a kinder reading level to a first grade middle of the year reading level. He went he, he went up over the summer in yeah. his reading skills because yeah. we were doing this with him. And this is what we want. We want to help him improve because we care about him. But he's saying, why are you so hard on me? I wish I could go back to my other house, to my mommy's house, where basically where nobody makes him do anything. Well, it's going to be the way it is. It and- is. And we will continue loving on this boy whether he wants us to or not. 
Well, and sometimes when I'm tucking him in and he's still mad and I say, you know, I love you even when you're mad or naughty or whatever's going on it's at that true. moment. So We picked you. We are stuck with you. And you're stuck with us. So there. Pretty much. Yeah. Anybody listening can probably hear extra laughter because we, we asked our zero kid to sit with us and listen to what we do so we can try to talk her into uh, coming and talking with us about gendery things. So what do you think so far? And what do you think about all the nonsense we've talked about? You experienced it. So I think it's great that you can talk to people about it uh-huh. and maybe somebody else can relate. I don't know. And it's a way I think of venting or, you know, we, we call it microphone magic, <laughs> microphone magic, because by expressing it's sort of like journaling, because by expressing these thoughts and expressing our desires regarding them into the ether, it's that intentional thing where some people will make it into a metaphysical thing where you express your intentions into the universe and the universe will reflect them back to you. And whether you dig that or not, we are clarifying our thoughts on these things and it's helping us make better decisions about them in the future and makes life a little bit better in the long run. It's kind of great. Does it help you find the humor in it more? Oh, fuck yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So... I mean, yeah. obviously, we had you laughing. Well, yeah. And you had to go through this, too. <laughs> well, I have a twisted sense of humor, I think. So I'm, I'm most of the time just laughing, whether it be your relatives or mm-hmm. number two and his shenanigans. Well, you're part of this family. This is given of your sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, you come by it honestly. Yeah. This, this is our running joke that all of our kids who may or may not share our genetics all come by these traits honestly. Does that sound like what your brother did lately? In a probably more edited way. <laughs> yeah. We don't have time for all of it. <laughs> I find myself having to walk away a lot of times because I don't know what to do. Well, he came in your room and he wanted to play a game. Because I have more adult video games and uh, not realizing, because he had asked me, can we play your PS3? And I was like, sure, let's check out what games I have. And, and they're all either teen or mature. And so he did not he didn't have a good reaction to that. No, what did he do? He immediately started crying, which then put me in an awkward place. And I was like, oh, let's go out and talk to dad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was sobbing like unconsolably over, I can't play the video game. I'm like, dude, whoa, settle down. (laughs) We can't solve the problem while you're sobbing. And his other thing is he never believes you can solve the problem. But we always try. We, We may not solve it thoroughly, but we make a good effort. Yeah. To get in a better direction. I think yeah. You, I think you guys are the best parents he could have. It's nice to hear that. I hear that on a fairly regular basis. Like, I'll be discussing these things with my colleagues at work, and they're like, man, I couldn't deal with that. Wow, you handled that really well. <laughs> and I'm like, holy fuck, I didn't feel like it. <laughs> Did I tell you what Granny said? She said this some time ago when he would, when he was a little bit younger and he'd get into things. And I said, you know, he, he was uh, getting into things. And she said, why don't you just smack him? That's what I did to you guys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doesn't that sound like her, though? Well, yeah. But yeah. then she proceeds to tell us that we yell at him too much. Yeah. She did tell us that the other day. So. I think verbally telling him versus smacking him is better. You have a good point there. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> I don't think you guys would be parents if you went around smacking your kids. <laughs> no. Probably no, not. although number one, the teenager did regularly when when he was younger, I would offer him the choice of a swat on the bum or a timeout, and he would regularly choose 
to have the swap because it would be done. He didn't want to wait to do whatever he was going to do. Does that sound like him? Not at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know it involved a screen, even when he was very young. Uh-huh. What, was the, what was the first word he read? The first word he ever identified purely by the sight of the letters was the word loading. Yep. <laughs> so you know what was this going on. This is my boy. Yep. <laughs> I'm... Uh... I wonder what this one would have done, number two child, if we had said, do you want a timeout or a SWAT? But the problem is there was never time for that. It was containing him before he hurt somebody and then he, doing the thing that the therapist taught us, which was a timeout. Yes. Because he needs to learn to control himself. And I think, honestly, if we say, do you want a timeout or a SWAT, he probably would just say no. He wouldn't accept that we were imposing the two options. Yes, you're correct, because sometimes we have given him options, neither of which he wanted, and he's just said no. And we're standing there like, no, no. You you." will pick one or we will pick one for you. Yeah. And he'll still say no. Mm -hmm. Until we pick one for him, and then he'll say he wants the other one, because it's not what we said. Because one of the things he did this week was he spent hours trying not to have to fold his laundry including oh like my falling asleep on the couch with the basket in front of him, which he hasn't done since he, since he first started folding laundry. And then he went to bed that night, and I, I was thinking about this because I was thinking, okay, he's not learning, and it's so hard to make him learn, but I don't want him to get away with not folding the laundry. So then I thought, I'm going to do what you start doing as kids get older. I'm going to take it away. And sure enough, the next morning he comes out in his underwear and says, I don't have any clothes. He's walking down the stairs. I'm like, dude, why you don't have any clothes on? And he says, I don't have any. And I said, really? And he goes to you and he says, dad, where's my clothes? And I say, you didn't want to fold them. So I I took them and put them away because I figure you don't want to take care of them. I'm not giving them to you. And then the meltdown. Oh my God. And I said, okay, let's go in your room if you're having a meltdown. He said, no. Mm-hmm. I said, you can go in your room or I'm going up to take something. And he managed to get up there. And I I got him <laughs> in his room and I gave him a hug. And I said, you're going to be okay, but you're going to fold the clothes before I give them to you. Otherwise, you're going to sit here in your underwear. Mm-hmm. I have to go to work now. Your mom knows where the basket is. Love you. Bye. Yep. You, you text me probably while I was still driving and said, he's folding them now. He was. And this is the other thing that uh, you say, you're going to go in your room where I've told you to be, or I will go in your room and take things. And I had to do this yesterday. And I ended up with a large pile, in fact, an overflowing laundry basket of yeah. things that I took out of I his came, room. I came home and um, my dresser was a pile of his junk. And I look at the junk <laughs> and I look at her and I think, how did this stuff get here? And she says, oh, I had to go take stuff. And that was the only place to put it. And I said, yeah, because I just finally clean the whole dresser <laughs> off. If I put it on the bed, then he can see it from the doorway. Right. If I put it on your dresser, then it's blocked by the wall. He can't see it from the doorway. Well, now it's in a laundry basket in number one child's room so that he doesn't know where right. it is. And this is what happened yesterday as he was having, you know, this four-hour power struggle with me over doing his workbook. I think you're missing some of the hours with your math, but go ahead. Let's see. He started at 10 and he was done at 2. Oh, no, he started at nine. 9. Yeah, that would be 5. He There was four If hour- you want to remember it as four, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> there... Okay, let me clarify then. There were four hours of power struggle. There was a half hour of work and there was a half hour of shower because he pooped himself while he was power struggling. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So yes, there was four hours of power struggle. That's my story and I'm sticking with it. Okay. (laughs) And as he's doing this, he's downstairs and he tells me to shut up about something, probably calling him on one of these alternative facts. Right. 
And he tells me to shut up and I say, you don't get to talk to adults like that. You can go to your room now and go sit in your timeout. And he says, no. And I said, okay, then I will go take something. And he says, I don't care. And so I go and I take something and I walk it back to our room through the upstairs hallway. And I say, you can go to your timeout now. And he says, no. And I go and I take one more thing. And every time I walk back through the hallway, I say, you can go to your timeout now. And I take one more thing. And you can go to your timeout now. And I take one more thing. This is what we were told to do. And we do this. And this is what we do. And eventually it worked after there was a giant stack of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And later in the day, like he went to his timeout and then he did other things. And then later in the day, he was going to play in his room. And he says, oh, man, why'd she have to take that? And you're like, yes. (laughs) We win. <laughs> you have learned. Oh, he hasn't learned yourself. shit, but he uh, has felt the consequence. We'll put it that way. I don't know if he's learned. Okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. All right. So is that enough for now? Uh, we better we're... stop. Yes. That's it. We'd love to hear from you. So let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Go ahead. Well, now I need chapstick. Mm. As long as you're (laughs) cutting out a big section, I will do the whole thing. This is how we do. This is how we podcast. Oh, sorry. The music teacher problem. <laughs> this is absolutely ridiculous, and I can just look up. Josh! Somebody getting a package. Bob is protecting us from our packages. packages. Or maybe from the neighbor's windows. Neighbor's getting a package. <laughs> <laughs>